Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. My name is Rob Longo with Stewardship and Mission of Faith, and I'm joined by my my co-laborers in the vineyard, Tom DeAngelis and Tom Fertile. How you guys doing? Great. Never better. Thank All you. is well, Rob. All right. Awesome. We're uh, we're in the, the tail end of Lent, guys. Um, preparing for for Easter. It's awesome to, to be here with you and with, with all of you listening. So for those of you who are new, welcome to Reflections from the Heart. It's a, it's a gospel reflection. So we'll look at the gospel for this coming Sunday. Uh, we'll read that gospel and we'll just see what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. Uh, for those of you who have been here before, welcome back. It's, uh, it's awesome to have you. Before we jump into the gospel, Tom, if you can lead us in prayer, that'd be awesome. Absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, during this These days of Lent, we have attempted to simplify. We've attempted to detach. We've attempted to focus. Father, we ask that you help us to keep it simple, to remember you seek an intimate relationship with each one of us through a personal relationship with your Son. Lord Jesus, as we commemorate your passion, death, and resurrection, help us to keep it simple. Help us to focus on you. Help us to focus on our relationship with you. Help us to follow you faithfully each and every day as we pick up our own cross and follow you in our earthly life until we're joined with you in our heavenly life. We ask all of this in your name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Beautiful time. Thank you. I love the uh, keep it simple. (laughs) So we can Keep use a little bit simple. of that. No yes, yes. Oh, beautiful. Tom, could you sh- share the gospel with us? Be happy to. Uh, again, this is a reading from John's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 1 to 9. On the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala came to the tomb early in the morning, while it was still dark, and saw the stone removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and told them, They have taken the Lord from the tomb. And we don't know where they put him. So Peter and the other disciple went out and came to the tomb. They both ran, but the other disciple ran faster than Peter and arrived at the tomb first. He bent down and saw the burial cloths there, but did not go in. When Simon Peter arrived after him, he went into the tomb and saw the burial cloths there, and the cloth that had covered his head, not with the burial cloths, but rolled up in a separate place. Then the other disciple also went in, the one who had arrived at the tomb first, and he saw and believed. For they did not yet understand the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Lord Jesus Jesus Christ. Christ. Leave it to Jesus to to throw a curveball in the the midst of of a culture that didn't even recognize women as as, as people almost, right? Their their property and, uh, and Mary who loved our Lord so much. Who was, you know, the, to whom much is forgiven, right? There's much love, so he 
he reached in and touched Mary's heart and, and he allowed her to be the first to see that empty tomb. It's awesome. It's awesome. So God, God will, you know, use whoever he knows will be trustworthy to, to share it. Right? So she went and, and she shared. So let's pray that we could be trusted by God for whatever mission that he has in store for us. And that sharing, Rob, you know, it it is simple. You know, I was with some students the other day, and um, they're talking about, you know, um, moral codes and commandments and catechism, et cetera, which is, of course, all very much an integral part of our faith experience. But I, I, at one point I said, you know, what's the good news? And they look at you, you know, like, I'm not trying to trick you. I mean, let, let's, what is the good news? And, you know, eventually a hand goes up, but Jesus is yes, Jesus is risen. That's the, like yeah. we we forget that. Yeah, this yeah. that's the good news. We're talking about, and the point, of course, is that we're talking about it's a person. We're talking about the person of Jesus. Our faith is not it's not a philosophy. You know, it's not a or not, it's not just a worldview. It's not just a abiding by a, a, a code of behavior. Um, it's it's not even just a way of life. All those things are part of it, but it centers around the person of Jesus. That's the good news, that the Messiah is here, okay, that he rose from the dead, that heaven is now open to those who follow him, okay, what he says, but him, the person. And and I think we do mess that up with all kinds of, you know, with all kinds of things. We get it all mucky, you know, and it's like, no, reduce it to what it is. This was the good news. He is risen. And so we follow the person and our life is changed and centered around the person because when we are in love with a person, it's about a relationship then. It's about a relationship. We're all in with them and they are all in with us. So it's, it's not to oversimplify things, but just sometimes we need that, that gentle reminder to not lose sight that this is about a relationship with, with the one who has risen. It's me, it's Jesus, that's the ticket back to the Father. That's the relationship that I need to foster every single day. Everything else is important. Our moral codes are important. What we do is important, but everything comes back to that relationship. My life has changed and my eternal destination will change because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. If I can share with you guys a story that happened this, this week, early, earlier in the week, there's a gentleman probably in his mid-60s. Uh, he's part of one of our gospel reflection groups, and uh, he said that he was encouraged to attend uh, by the encouragement came from a gentleman who hadn't, hasn't been with us in years. Um, his work situation changed. He works mm-hmm. early in the morning, and just, he just he can't make it. But he was he was touched. You know, he encountered the living the living Lord Jesus you know, through these these gospel reflection sessions and meeting the guys, right? And he said, "You need to go." And for about six to eight months, this man has been coming. And afterwards, this past week, he pulled me aside. He said, "I just need to I need to talk to you." He said, "There's something going on here." And, you know, I've been trying to read the Bible for the last five years, trying to understand things. And, and you know, it just never was clicking. But now being here, being here every week, just, you know, like people sharing their life experience and sharing their stories, like there's, there's something inside of me. You know, I, I never – people say that they that this happened to them, but I think it's happening to me. There's like there's something inside of me. I, was like, I said there's someone inside of you. 
Mm-hmm. He looked at me. He said, "Yes, Jesus, right? He, you, you, you're open. You know, you, you've invited him in. You're, he's he's living in you, and you're he's always there. Now you're turning to him, and and this relationship is happening. It's awesome. You're you're experiencing what an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ is. And he sent you here through the the gentleman that asked you to come. He sent you here to be with a band of brothers, just to, to be together and sharing faith and and you know laughing together and crying together, but just being in relationship." relationship first and foremost with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then with us. So you have someone inside of you, and it's never felt better. And he says, you're right. This is amazing. It was just so awesome to see the twinkle in the eye of a, of a man who's been through a long life, right? You know, a lot of living in those 65, maybe even 70 years, however old he is, and to see the twinkle in his eye, talking about that personal, intimate relationship with our Lord that he now recognizes that Jesus is living in him and wants to work in and through him to, to reach out in love to others. It's, it's awesome. It's so beautiful. Yeah, you know, it, it's no coincidence, I'm sure, um, that just this week, this exact same thing happened at our gospel reflection where one of the guys, and you, you, you know him, Rob, he's, uh, he's had some medical problems. He's been struggling. He's, you know, he's, he's on oxygen now, and he carries it around with him. But we were getting near the end of the discussion, and he said, you know, there's something really special about this group of people. They just keep showing up, and you know, we, we've shared with each other. We've done this thing. We need, we need to do more of these. You know, we need to have more of these going on. He said, you know, and, and, and you know him, Rob. You know how insistent he is. I mean, he's, a, he's an old coach. You know, he's, a, he's an umpire. He's been a referee. You know, he's a sports guy, and he just sees the team. You know, he just sees the gospel reflection team there, and everybody's pulling together. So it is that experience, and we do have some new people that have just recently come in. So I think that's part of it too. But uh, uh, I'm sure it's no coincidence that people are. And, you know, when I took the, the stewardship of leadership and the gospel reflection programs out to the Catholic schools, the way I presented it was exactly the way you described it, Rob. This isn't, you know, when you sit down with the, with the Word of God, when you sit down with the Scriptures, the Gospels, the Old Testament readings, you're not sitting down with, you know, ink on paper. You're, you're confronting a person. You're dealing, this is a person. This, you know, he's, Jesus is in the Scriptures. He's in the Gospels. You know, that's, that's our, you know, that's part of our personal relationship with Jesus is, is dealing with, relating to, and then sharing with other people. And then, and we grow in that, and at some point we realize that there's something, something's different here. And it is different. I hear it from faculty members who have participated in our programs. I hear it from, you know, people in Gospel Reflections that say, you know, there's something special going on. And the groups really do form that kind of a, a kind of a bond. So, you know, if if this sounds interesting to you, check out our website. There's instructions there how to start one. You, we provide the resources for you. But uh, it really has been a great experience uh, for me to participate, but also to share it with other people. You know, it's just a great, great opportunity. When we started one in our parish, a, a small group, the feedback that that we all shared with each other was that that we all felt more connected with the parish mm-hmm. instead of just showing up at mass being one of hundreds of people. You're now part of this intimate group that really knows each other, and then when you see someone from that group at mass on Sunday. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go see Luke yeah. afterwards, and you, know, you talk. So then it, it really helps you feel connected. And uh, I guess that's, 
how the early Christians felt, right? They, they met in homes for the breaking of the bread, right? They, they met in people's homes. And, uh, you know, that small church community is, is uh, really powerful for, for conversion and for fellowship, for connection. Yeah, that, that, uh, that small community helps you to not lose Jesus, Okay. What I mean by that is, it hit me. You know, when, when I read the scripture the first time, uh, we don't know where they put him. You know, <laughs> like yeah, he, yeah, Jesus yeah. missing. But what struck me was, how many times in my life do I go, "Where's Jesus right now?" Like, did, did I lose him? In other words, not that he left me, but that I leave him, or that I, right. or, do I, do I have him behind things? Have, has I, have I put other priorities in front of him? Have I lost sight of him? So that's what really struck me. So I think being a part of a small community of prayer like that, of support, you know, through the through the gospel reflection or you know other other faith type sharing groups, um, helps us to not lose Jesus. Helps us to, mm, to keep him prominent, yeah. especially in the steps in between mass. Because again, it's very easy to go Sunday to Sunday, and then in between. Eh. But uh, any type of group that's that's support like that helps draw attention back. It helps you drop back and go, where's Jesus right now in my life? And, and am I keeping him, you know, first and foremost? So be part of a group and don't lose Jesus. And there you go. Mm. And, 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 there's, and there's the invitation, Tom. I was <laughs> yeah. just thinking that someone reached out to, uh, to my wife to thank her. And she said, this Lent, uh, I really feel God calling me, asking me to reach out to people who I can, who I can pinpoint how and when uh, they helped me grow in my relationship with God. And she called my wife, and my wife invited her to a, a mom's gospel reflection. Very simply, just invited her, mm-hmm. and she went. And it's been a, a huge part of her her ongoing conversion and, and growing in her faith. So she reached out and thanked Megan for that invitation. Did you remember on this day, and we were here, and you said yeah. this, and, and she you know, did that to her and, and to a couple other people that really played a part in her in our faith journey. So consider yourself invited if you're yeah, listening. Yeah. You know, you're invited to any group that uh, that is already happening, and you're invited to start a group because it uh, it is absolutely life changing. It is it is life changing. Friendships that are fo- that are founded in Christ are are solid. They grow deep real fast, and uh, you know all the you know, all the masks and and just, you know, chit-chat, small talk, it just seems to just melt away and you get, you get to the heart of it pretty quick. You know, um, going back to something that you actually brought up in your, in your prayer, Tom, and, uh, and then talked, we talked about a little bit uh, after that is this, the, you know, this personal relationship with Jesus. And I think one thing that's become clear to me over this Lent, and particularly now that we're kind of uh, jumping ahead to, to the Easter joy while we're still, you know, we're still in in Holy Week, we're still a Good Friday and Holy Saturday, but um, just the the idea that this personal relationship with Jesus initially, and we hear this in the saints and the mystics, initially it's a joy, it's a it's a it's something you know we we savor the friendship, we savor the you know the um, the fellowship with and the community with people. But the real test of our personal relationship with Jesus is when we're asked to make sacrifices, when it gets to be difficult. And I think that's one of the reasons why traditionally in Lent we've given things that we've made sacrifices. You know, in our in our at the beginning of Lent, it's always prayer, you know, almsgiving, and um, you know, what am I forgetting? Fasting. Fasting. Yeah, <laughs> fasting. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but those are all sacrifices. I mean, if you're not praying, or if you are praying, step it up. You know, if you're not praying, start praying. If you're not fasting, fast. You know, and 
we hear in the scriptures over and over again in the New Testament, you know, prayer is good, but prayer and fasting is most powerful, you know? And then almsgiving just kind of puts the, puts the cap on everything. But this ability, this willingness to sacrifice is really how we establish a relationship with Jesus. And then to recognize that, that the end of the, you know, the end of that life, the end of that life of sacrificing and developing that personal relationship with Jesus, not just an embrace of love, but also a willingness to sacrifice. Cause that's really the true test of love. And even in Jesus' teachings, he says, if you love those who love you, what merit is there in that? You know, do good to those who persecute you. Basically, do the difficult stuff in life and do it as if you're doing it for me. And if you have that personal relationship, then that starts to grow. And I've experienced that more and more during this Lent and also the recognition that when you get to Easter, it's that much more joyful because now you've learned that, okay, I dreaded sacrifice, I dreaded fasting, I dreaded all this stuff. I wasn't really looking forward to it. But you get to the end and you say, you know what, I'm, I'm ready for the next one. You know, bring on the next Lent. Like, we have 40 days of Easter to celebrate, but I'm ready. Give me another, I'm ready for another sacrifice. You get, there, it gets to be a joy not only in the destination, but also in the fact that we're still on the journey. And we have those celebrations throughout, you know, we have Easter celebrations, we have Pentecost, we have those great feasts of joy. But we also have the ability to take those things and next time we go through a Lent or we go through an Advent to bring those back in and do it with joy, you know, because I think that's the hallmark of the early Christian church is we have martyrs that were singing hymns on the way to the the lions, you know, it's just how, and people go, how do they do that? You know, how come they're singing and there's gladiators coming after them, you know, but they're still singing hymns and hugging each other and holding each other because there's something about that recognition of where we are, where we're going, whose we are, you know, that, that brings that joy. And you know at the end that there's a celebration waiting, and so it makes the sacrifice that much, because that's the ticket. You know, I'm happy I got this ticket. Now, it's a difficult ticket. I got to get it punched, but, you know, it just transforms everything. Now it's not, you know, oh, my gosh, we have to do Len again. You know, I got to give up chocolate or, you know, whatever, whatever I'm doing or get up earlier and go to mass, you know, but it's just now I do it with joy because I know, I know where we're going and I know, you know, who I'm doing it for. And as you're sharing, uh, I was thinking of Tom Fertile, Tom, what you said, and then coupled with what you just said, Tom, and I wrote down relationship-based prayer, fasting, and giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it becomes a relationship, then, you know, you're not, fa- none of them are an end, right? That these are ways to to love and, and honor and adore our Lord who we're in relationship with. You know, through our prayer, through our fasting, through our giving, it's, it's relationship-based to grow closer to God and to the people that, that God puts in our life. Um, yeah, it's awesome. And it gives it focus. Like, like that's what you're saying, Robbie. It, it, it becomes, it's not an end of, of itself, but it's, there's a reason and there's a purpose. And, and you know, when I understand that, that self-denial is going to, Help me to grow closer to God and more reliant, et cetera. Then it's then it's it, it changes the the flavor of it because you know in this day and age, of course, we know that self sacrifice and self denial are very popular you know, <laughs> in yeah, our world yeah. today. Of I want what I want when I want it, how I want it, where I want it, and for how much I want it. But um, you know, the, the, this, that's the I think out of all of them, I think sacrifice is one of the, the lost arts in our world because we do want everything that we want and we want it now. Um, 
But uh, that, 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 to put it in context, to realize that this helps my relationship. And we see that in friendships. We see that in marriage. We all, we'd all would agree that they take sacrifice. They take deliberate effort. But again, as the love of the other is fostered, it seems less like work. And, and, and yeah. there's, a, there's an attraction to it. Again, go back to all the athletic analogies we use. Like we know like that, those last couple reps are killer or that yeah. last mile is it. But we know that's where the good stuff is. That's right. where the benefit right. is. That's where the growth is. And you know at the end, you're going to feel good about what you did. And then you're going to be better for the next time around. Right. Well, again, that, that works with our with, with our spiritual life. That that sacrifice, yep, might be a little painful here and there. You know, might not be fulfilled the way we want it to be, but in the end, it's going to be worth it. It's going to prepare us for something bigger and for some bigger bigger battles and, and, and bigger struggles, because the bigger struggles will come. Yeah. No doubt about that. Yeah. yeah, you didn't you didn't sugarcoat it. <laughs> if you want to <laughs> yeah. if you want to be my follower, yeah. you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. Uh, Are they persecuting you? Uh, You're doing it right. That's yeah. right. There you go. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to one of the, one of my kids uh, the other day, and she was saying, "I'm bored. I'm so bored." And I was like, "I used to get that." I, yeah. I, said, I said, "The more you get, the more you get, the less grateful you are, and the more boring you become." Because if you're bored, that means you're boring, right? Like, what what are you like? What are you doing to just to look outside yourself? Because yeah. you know you're bored now, and and if you get entertained for the next thirty minutes, then that when that's once that's over, you're going to be bored again. And again and again. So if you want a life of boredom, just keep trying to fill yourself with things that are trying to you're trying to escape the boredom with, as yeah. opposed to looking out. Self generating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, look out, look out. Who 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 can you who can you help? Who can you serve? Who can you love? Who can you you know reach out to? And and then that's that's the the joy that our Lord wants you to experience. That's the joy that that lasts beyond. Yeah. So we'll see how that lands on an eleven-year-old. <laughs> you, you, you were a lot more compassionate than I was when my girls were younger, because they, if they ever came to me and said they were, and they only did it like once or twice. They you put in like, the work. No, <laughs> you, I'm dad. I'm bored. Whose fault is that? You know, like you, you can't get interested in anything. I've, we have stacks of books around here. We've got all kinds of things to do, and you can't find anything to do. Call a friend. Go out and play in the backyard. We have a swing set. You know, there's all kinds of stuff to do. Why are you bored? You know. It's your, it's your fault. It's a function of the person. Well, then they get the lecture, and then they'd say, "Well, I'm not going there again." You know, right? It's just like it's just like if they ever said, um, "It's not fair." Well, then they got lecture 47 <laughs> on that one because nothing in life is fair, and it's going to happen all the time. And you might as well just get used to it. And if you let your emotions control everything that you do, you're going to be a slave. You know, it's just a whole thing. And so. <laughs> They, and they even go to the point where they're going, you know, something happens, and they go, "It's not, it's, it's not. <laughs> I'm not happy with that. You know, I don't like it." They just won't say it because they know they're going to get the lecture if it comes out. But the same thing with bored. Like bored was one of those words that you just knew. Don't say that around dad because you're going to get the lecture. You know, you're mine bored. is, uh, and, and the kids boss told me all the time. I, I must have, I must be like a, a leftover that never experienced a depression because I can make food out of anything. Like when the kids come to me, Dad, there's nothing to eat in the house. And then I get up and go, Oh, and I go, oh no, here we go. And then I start naming. I can make this. We can do this. We can yeah. add this. Then this. I start like kind of coming up with all, all these things. We can. So there's nothing that you that you want right now to eat, right? But there's there's plenty. Yeah, there's in plenty here. to eat. Yeah. I want to say, Oh, you're bored. Then let me go and throw away all those toys and games and yeah. things that you have since you don't need them, right? There's nothing right. to eat. Well, let me clear the cabinet. I, I, I get you know, a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> too radical there, but uh, but no, it's but it's true. It's it's we've lost 
again, part of that is 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 the generation losing that 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 self motivation, that self action. I'm going to take deliberate action. I can find something to eat if I put my mind to it. I can find something to do. Right. But we get we've, we we get lazy because our lives are kind of comfy, and so the spiritual life's the same thing. You know, I don't feel attached to God. What have you done about your spiritual life in the last week? Nothing. Uh, yeah. it, come on, well, yeah. there you go. What you, so again, it, like you said, Tom, yeah. it goes back to you. What are you doing? What are you prepared to do? What's your level of commitment? Because it's it's a two way street. Yeah. I was talking to um, to Jimmy Murray yesterday and uh, he's the former GM of the Eagles back in the 80s you know when went to oh, Super, okay. Super Bowl with Ron Jaworski and, yeah, yeah. Um, and he wrote a book and his signing was this week and the book's called The Audible and Jimmy was involved in starting the Ronald McDonald House so I was talking to him I was congratulating him and thanking him for, for his witness and he goes no Rob thank you he said life's a team sport and I was thinking yeah, when yeah, you were sharing yeah. about Tom and, yeah. and that, that, that guy who we both know and love you know is, has that sense of this gospel reflection Group is a team, and we're, yeah. we're we're all we're all uh, about the team. And God will use, and, and this is what Jimmy was telling me. He's like, God will use the most unlikely characters. He said, all the conditions that these kids have. I I failed biology. He said, now I'm going back to the, you know Villanova where I went. Now I have a book signing. I can't even spell. You know, the, <laughs> half the things that these poor kids are are suffering with. And he's, he's got yeah. a great sense of humor. He's like, he's an awesome storyteller. So, you know, for you know people like uh, like Jimmy, they're always out to to encourage people to. Um, you know, to, to do what's necessary in the moment to help make somebody else's life uh, life easier. So we all have that. We all have that opportunity to to encourage, to support, uh, to, to bring the best out in people. Yeah. Sounds like we all were probably raised by parents or at least a father maybe who had a sense of humor and the discipline because I think that's always, you know, that that makes it more memorable, you know, when you, when you can kind of get the point across and still have, you know, not – not be abrasive about the thing. And coming from a culture that loves opera and having a very musical and singing family, you know, sometimes the drama that my dad demonstrated when I would bug him about something, you know, if I ever said I was bored to him, I would get, oh my God, you know. So I think that's helpful when you're raising kids, just that understanding, that compassion, you know, but also recognizing that you need to make a point here, you know. And in life, there's going to be things that we need to start doing, we need to stop doing, and then we need to continue to do. So yeah. as we end our time today in, in the sharing, I think we've, we've touched on that, and Lent hopefully is the jump start. It's not like, okay, Lent's over. <laughs> we, we don't need to pray fast and give anymore. So hopefully we've started some new habits. Hopefully we've stopped some bad habits. And then celebrate the things that we're doing well and continue to do those. So it's not just about what do I need to stop, 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 but you know, continue to do the good, start doing more good, and then the things that you're not supposed to be doing will probably fall away because you're filling up the, the dirty pool with some clean water. So we just wish you all a blessed remainder of this Holy Week and an unbelievably awesome and blessed Easter. God bless you all. Thank you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on 
Gospel Reflection Groups. Or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.